your skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. As the days, as the days continue, I find myself slurring my words. <laughs> Yeah. Slurring my words and mumbling into the life. Hey, how's it going? You know, at work, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, okay. People, people just walk away at that point. Um, I wouldn't, it's not because I'm like, I would probably blame it on being overtired. Not so much, like, depressed anymore or... Uh, drunk even it's like no like I, I can sing a perfectly well tuned song when I'm hammered but yeah. it's not but it's like mornings I uh I've gotten closer and closer to the fact that my coworkers understand that I'm just strange and bizarre so like I'll just start like saying random shit you know at first I kind of tried to lay low on it uh tried to not be like that fucking weirdo that I always am um, and now I'm just like, fuck it, they know, so, uh, I say all kinds of stupid, retarded things just to get people to shut up. <laughs> but it, it works, so. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. I know all too well. <laughs> so, your last episode was just a short while ago, but you're already back so soon, and I'm, and I'm happy to have you because today is a, uh very magical <laughs> magical day uh, yes. if I were to describe today with one word it would be juicy <laughs> um, oh, that is not getting answered you sure I could pause oh no fuck her great <laughs> I'll keep that in alright yeah fuck you we're doing something so by, by juicy I would like to explain this might come up later because it might turn into something else later. <laughs> we don't know. This is, a, this is an adventure for both the listeners and the speakers. Not just because this story is popular and people have told me it's spooky, but we're on mushrooms, people. We maybe took a little handful like a half hour ago and another stock before we started as a like a little treat for ourselves today. As a, as a get ready. Yeah, we're getting, we're running. We're running into this. How you feeling? Well, everything's a little slower than normal. Uh, nothing too crazy. Nothing I can't handle. Yeah, naturally. Uh, how many times would you have said... How many... That was a sentence. How many times would you say you have done the fun guy? Uh, it is less than five. Um... I've done mushrooms more than you. Yeah. I've, I've, the, the biggest thing is I did acid, like, for a long time. Oh, I love it. And everybody was like, oh, you like acid? Have you ever tried mushrooms? And I was like, no, I've, I've tried to try mushrooms, but every time I try to try mushrooms, no one can find me mushrooms. Fucking A, man. Yeah, like, that's... that's Seriously. Uh, and if anybody has tried to find mushrooms, they understand you that... No. Yeah, I, like... I have... I have two other people on this show who are always like, if you get a hookup, tell me. Tell me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the same way. It's like, you told me you had shrooms, and what was the first thing I said? <laughs> like, How often can you get them? Please help. Yeah. SOS, I like lit a fire signal in my backyard, and I was like, bring the shrooms. Yeah. Um, the fun fact is that, like, 
in the eight or nine times I've done them, it's less than double digits. Paid for it once. <laughs> it's Fair always enough. it's yeah. always something someone brings. I always call it trail mix because it's always something someone <laughs> brings that you, you. They're just like, hey, I'm looking to do this. You seem like the kind of person to do this around. Let's do this. That's so that's that's exactly how our text message conversation goes here. And we, uh, my my buddy gnarly Charlie on twenty, uh, we talked about it in detail. Uh, whenever we have done mushrooms together, the night always ends with, uh, with us playing all the way through the six-hour campaign of Halo 3 ODST. And just, you know, we steamroll that fucking game every time on Legendary. And we're tripping face seeing colors. <laughs> things. Like, this one, this one time the game glitched out. And we were tripping, and I was like, is that happening? And he, like, <laughs> laughed and turned to me, and he was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. Those are the moments that I, I fondly think mm-hmm. of when it comes to mushrooms. And you have been so gracious as to share. Well, I'm sure we'll do more by the end of the night. Give me a stock, <laughs> bud. <laughs> yeah. Where'd they go? <laughs> You've taken them. Did I? No. I've oh, taken that. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Let's cheers. Yeah. Holy Yeah, you can get that one. <laughs> Shit. I am, uh... <coughs> oh, man, wait. Sick to work tomorrow. You, you take this one. <laughs> Shit. It's more about... Girl. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Uh, anyway. Um, I'm here with... Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Your first episode was maybe less nine episodes ago. I think you were 43. No. Mm-hmm. Nine. What the fuck is up with my numbers? <laughs> 19. 19 episodes. Shit. Drugs, kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, I loved your first fucking episode so much. Yeah, it was really good. I, uh... Good amount, very of, proud of good amount of views too, like right within that first week, and I'm sure it was just you clicking the replay. <laughs> yeah, um, I I sent it to every single one of my coworkers, and I said, "This is why I am the way I am." <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Nope. And they let you continue working for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't send it to the management. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> just hope they don't find it. Yeah, I mean, um, the the owner smokes pot. Oh, great. So, what are they going to do? Hope he's a fan. Yeah. So, where am I? <laughs> Fuck, man. Still chewing. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta grind down them cell walls. What do you think about the taste? It's always something I bring up when, when people are talking. I, I enjoy it. Um, as long as I don't get too much of the bitterness in my mouth. Uh, I kind of went into it a little bit earlier, but I always drink uh, water with it. Because it doesn't dilute the taste, it just helps it get into Pass. your stomach. So I do like the taste. Uh, it is not my favorite taste, obviously, um, but I, I, I don't mind it. Part of me really likes it, and then it's like hard for me to get like shit particles out of my head. Yeah. You gotta push that somewhere else when you're doing yeah. <laughs> like No one talks about it because it's just one of those things. (laughs) Um, But you got to remember how it's grown and where it comes from. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can say the same thing about anything. Carrots are like rabbit shit. Very true. Like the fertilizer. When you like think about what they put in the soil to grow carrots. You've rationalized this as to how a cook uses mushrooms. (laughs) It's like, hey, think about how it's grown. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that makes sense. Um, I know people that love the taste. They pop them like Tic Tacs. They just... I talk about uh, my buddy Space Cowboy in episode 19. He used to just enter rooms with a fucking Ziploc gallon bag full of them and just, like, walk around the party and just be like, Hey, guys, I know. Hey, what are you, what are you doing over there? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, you want some? Here, here you go. Good guy. Great, great times. Anything you want to talk about before we get into the story? Uh, any, any personal things going on? Any um, spooky things going on in your life? Not necessarily. Did we get into what I do on the last episode? I'm not sure. I don't remember. We No, we only talked about your... Um, My your history prior, in prior Alabama. Jobs. Yeah. Um, so I am a car salesman. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you need a car and you're hearing this, please don't come to me because that means you know who I am. Uh, <laughs> I'd let but, you sell me a car. <laughs> so there's this... Uh, I'll, I'll stick on this for just a, a quick moment. You're fine. Um, there's this accepted conversation you're supposed to have with your friends before you sell them a car. It's either A, I'm going to make, you know, not a lot of money, but, you know, a a good amount of money on you, and I'm going to hear about absolutely everything to do with this car, and I will help you every step of the way. Or, I'm going to give you the best deal possible, I'm not going to make a goddamn penny on it, and you're never going to come to me about this car ever again. So, uh, it's, you know, one of those things that, like, Yes, I would like to sell to my friends, but at the same time, like, shit goes wrong, and, like, it's not necessarily my fault. Yeah. Um, and it, it just comes back to me. So I don't like to sell to friends. Absolutely. Uh, I feel bad. Like, I, you know, I have to make a living, but I don't want to gouge them, but I still need to make a little money so that I can get, you know, my commission, the whole ordeal, and it's just, like, I'd rather it's keep it out of It's better just not even to have that conversation. So. Yeah, like, it's just... Here, I'll help you find a car. Go buy it from somebody else. Where was I going? I got a little lost there. I have right? to turn that Am on. I right? Yeah. Uh, That's what my brain is doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> like while you're talking, all yeah. you're hearing is like. <laughs> oh, I remember where I was going. Yes, and this actually kind of ties into the story Absolutely. a little bit. I sold this woman a brand new car. 2017, it was one of, like, you know, the end-of-the-year clearance type cars, and it was like, we're getting rid of it, we're selling it to you super cheap, we just want it off our lot because we're getting the 2018s in. Had an infestation of ants in a brand new car. Obviously, we we paid, we got uh, an exterminator, Um, we gave her a loaner car for the week, so we got, you know, had the exterminator spray through, had the car fully detailed, you know, presented it to her as if it was brand new again, but... Like, it's just, I, there was nothing I could do to control an ant infestation Absolutely. in a car. Um, How but, weird is that, though? Yeah, I was, like, she came back and she told me, and I was like, I've never heard of that before ever. I have heard of spiders. That's spiders, some, absolutely. Yeah, because, like, that's something that happens fairly often. But they're, they're almost self-sustained, you know. Exactly. They, they sit inside their, they could sit anywhere in a car that doesn't deal with destruction. And yes. Just live off of anything. And... But, Ants continue to they have a cycle. bring they have a system and, and, they and have, multiply. So, so that means that there was something in the car that they were living off of. No, I think it, so. It, we have an upper lot um, that is just like unpaved, uh, and I think it was just that was the dark spot for them to be, like right next to the field where they could go get their food. Okay, you no, know, that's like, a good rationalization. Yeah, because um, I know whenever I go up there, my allergies act up like crazy. Like it is a giant yeah. open field. Yeah. Um, so, 
But you say infestation, and that just like well enough to complain about and not just raid the car myself is what I'm like saying. Uh, I, the total count of ants that were physically seen before it went to the exterminator was eight. So that makes more sense. Like you probably would just raid whatever yeah. section that wouldn't, and you can't raid the outside of a car. People to rust that shit. Like, yeah, learn. yeah. I'm talking like taking a paper towel. Yeah, putting the raid on the paper towel and then maybe wiping it in the sections I see entry. Yeah, I mean to be honest, if it was me, I would just. They're gonna die. It's a moving vehicle. Let, like, let it go. Yeah, like now that they're moving, they're gonna die soon. Um, but this being a sixty-plus-year-old retired woman, absolutely, that makes sense. Yeah, like we'll take care of it for you. So, is that the like weirdest thing that's happened to you recently? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you don't find yourself dealing with creepier, weird people too often. Oh, I mean, I do, but I always do. So that that's nothing that's unusual. Nothing, nothing new. In um, fact, that's normal to you. Yeah. Every time I talk to uh, our, our mutual friend who lives in New York City, uh, yeah. he always reminds me of the story of uh, Tom the Homeless Man. Uh, and I remember this man very, very vividly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that happened. Tell the story. Uh, tell the story? Okay. Uh, so I was homeless for about a week. Um, and I'm not going to tell that story, but I was homeless for about a week and the, a couple days I spent, you know, time on friends' couches. I think I spent a night with you. Uh-huh. Uh, I spent a night with a, my old college roommate out in New Jersey. Uh, and then I spent one night in a parking garage. Uh, and it was a very specific parking garage. I knew I wasn't going to get in any trouble there. I knew I, you know, if somebody did ask me, I could legitimize a reason why I was supposed to be there, and I had stayed up all night long, so I slept from like, you know, like 6 a.m. to like noon in the back of my car in this parking garage. And then I went down to the river, and I parked, and I was just walking around in the river, and there was this, you know, he was older, I would say late 60s, uh, but he also very clearly had a hard life, so if you told me he was in his 50s, like, I would be like, okay, yeah, you know, Shit was hard for him. And he had three teardrop uh, tattoos on his eye. And he kept telling me, you know, that's for my brothers because the trail of tears because I'm part Cherokee. Now, this guy was just about as white as I am. And if if you look at me, I'm pretty goddamn white. You're pink. Yeah, I am pink. Uh, So, like, if this guy was part Cherokee, it was like... 132nd, you know, like Cherokee. But he just kept going on and on and on about, like, yeah, my brothers. And he, he, he would pick up these little, little tiny pieces of coal that would fall off the train tracks and land, you know, on the riverbank. Uh, and they were, uh, it's hard to even imagine something that small, like a grain of salt. Like, you know, slightly larger than a grain of salt. He's like, there's just all this coal here. And I'm like, motherfucker, that's dust. (laughs) Like, you you gather all that dust, you might have one piece of coal. But he was just like, I'm I'm saving up this coal. I'm going to make so much money. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, my my Cherokee brothers will be avenged. And I hung out with him for a couple hours because I had nothing better to do because I couldn't go anywhere. And that is Tom the Homeless Man. God damn it. I think that was like 2011, 2012, oh somewhere around god. there. Oh my god. 
<laughs> I do remember that time, though. I remember that period in, in life. Shit. Oh, I don't know where to seg off of that. It's just, it's just yeah. like, fuck. Like, that's, that's an experience, people. Yeah, I have, uh, I've been through a lot of experiences. That's something that no one can, can take from me. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so welcome to Lots of Pasta, where... All are welcome, and and everything <laughs> Even is, Todd, and, and, man. and everything is pointless. Uh, this is a fun, fun little episode so far. <laughs> <laughs> fun for me. Oh <laughs> shit! Um, we're reading something that I've heard tell. I I think it was crying Hawaiian, and maybe Tenron Otrin that were like, oh yeah, I've heard of that through some means, maybe read it. It is a no-sleep story. Maybe read a little bit. I don't think either of them read the entire thing. But they said, like, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't know if I want that on my first episode, I think I heard from both of them. Okay. And I was like, great, well, it's your <laughs> second episode. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got to read someone. I'm ready to go balls deep into anything at this point. <laughs> um, this one's called The Odd Kids, for those who don't know. I'm just going to start by saying we were a bunch of odd kids. I s- still are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I probably creeped a couple people out in my life uh, when it when it comes to my childhood. Um, I, I was very quiet as a kid. I'm constantly told how well behaved and everything I was and like what the fuck happened. Yeah. Along those lines. Yeah, I hear the same and thing. And it's just like um, <laughs> maybe until I was like 13. And the existential dread hadn't set in yet. <laughs> um, I uh, and your eyes finally opened the world around you. No, I remember very distinct times when I was like less than twelve, and I was like, I don't want to die. And I was, you know, there were nights. There were nights, there were nights yeah. when I was in like second grade. Yeah, back like, when I was watching Dragon people, Ball Z, going, "This is awesome." Die. Yeah, yeah. But ever since then, you know. I I'm, I'm, I was a relatively normal kid, but I, some people probably thought I was a little odd. Yeah. And that's what I think of in, when I see this title. It's called The Odd Kids, and it leads me to believe that something is going on with the children, or in wherever this takes place, there just seems to be either a culmination of strange happenstance with children or maybe children have gone missing or there are sightings of weird things that look like children. Don't know which direction it's going to go in, frankly. Um, it is from Reddit No Sleep. Is there anything you want to say before we dive in? I'm ready to go. You're ready to go. Can I try that little pen? Yes, you can. So he also brought a uh, is this wax or oil? Uh, Describe one. Yeah, so it's, it's an extract. Extract, um, that's right. So I guess it would be closely... Push and pull? Yeah, push and pull. Um, closest relation in terms of consistency uh, would be like an oil, because it is very fluid. Uh, it's not like, you know, the waxy solid. Um, you know, you can see the air bubble in there moves around. Yeah, not, right. not quickly, but it, it moves around. Um, That's sweet. Yeah, it is 97% THC, straight from Colorado. That's going to fuck me up. Yeah. Yeah, one's all you need <clears throat> off this guy. Fantastic. You mind if I start? Go for it. Just because I don't know where this is going. Yeah. Might, we might set some precedents right here and now for what's going to continue. Yeah. So again, this is the Odd Kids from Right at No Sleep. Oh, shit. Never mind. I need to mention one thing before we get into Odd Kids. Um, I keep forgetting. On the past two episodes, I was too high. 
And you're not now? No, like I'm, <laughs> I'm tripping face now. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I was gonna and say. Still, and I still, like, I read the title and I was like, I'm, as I was saying it, I was like, I'm not ready to say it and I don't know why. <laughs> so it was because I wanted to mention something. I advertised it on our Facebook. I hope other people are watching. Channel Zero is happening right now, and season two is No End House. Shout out to episode 19 with Space Cowboy. We read that story on the entire episode, much like this episode, much like your last episode. They are doing something crazy with that story right now, and it is a beautiful thing to watch. They did something really crazy with Candle Cove, and for those of you who listened to episode four with Django Phillips, know that Candle Cove is fucking awesome. So go watch Channel Zero season one, six episodes, 45 minutes apiece, and if you already like Candle Cove, you're going to love that first season, and then I would listen to episode 19, No End House, and then start... Uh, because neither of them are carbon copies of the story. They don't just take the creepypasta and stretch it over six episodes. They read the story, they write their own story with the feel of what that story was, and then they stick to some details, like the exact dolls from Candle Cove. Yeah. But they made the show in the show, like they made the little fucked up kids show in Channel Zero. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Everything looked authentic, like straight out of like the 70s, you know, um... And with No End House, like, every detail of unsettling things about the house is almost entirely accurate. So, different characters, different plot, same house. Okay. Uh, Candle Cove is, like, different characters, same plot, same show, uh, different ending, different story, different, like, overarching narrative. Okay. But anyway, I hope people are watching Channel Zero. I can't give it any more praise. Um, I think the second episode just aired. So um, it's only two episodes in, but by the time this episode comes out, it'll be over already. So just go fucking watch it, is what I'm saying. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to start reading The Odd Kids now. So here it is. One summer, when I was a boy, my parents sent me to stay with my grandparents for the break. Raised in the Pacific Northwest, a small town in eastern Mississippi might as well have been an entirely different country for all I was concerned. The instant we got out of the airport, I was struck with the oppressive humidity, and I became convinced right then and there that my parents downright despised me. Something we can relate to, you and I. Yes. Of course. The reality was much kinder than that. My grandparents were good folks, and thankfully I met a girl within a few days of arrival and we became fast friends. Her name was Jessie. A local girl with long blonde hair and green eyes, the first pair I'd ever encountered. I was in love at first sight. Jessie was a year or two older than me, but that didn't matter much to us. Jessie was the reason I got up every morning. Not in a romantic sense, of course, but a very literal one. <laughs> sure, my grand- Ooh, my dick. Sure, my grandparents were very hospitable, but they were old and southern and as far removed from my narrow worldview as could be. They just had no idea how to entertain me, and I think Jessie was as much a relief to them as she was to me, taking me off their hands during the days and curtailing somewhat my boundless, youthful energy. The place where my grandparents lived was about a mile out from a place called Ashbury Wood, and it was a mile I walked daily. I would always meet Jessie on the path heading my way. On rare occasions, she would already be at my grandparents' house when I was leaving, and I never saw where she lived. It didn't matter much to me, though, because the woods were our real home. 
Ashbury Wood wasn't particularly dense, but boy did it seem to go on forever. Jesse showed me a few paths around the woods on official trails to interesting sites like clearings, hollowed out trees, or even just a place where a funny looking bush was growing. We told each other stories of our hometowns, imagining what life would be if one of us lived where the other did. Whenever we fantasized about having her come live with me, she would get a strange tone in her voice, but I never thought much of it. While the woods were our home and playground, we still set limits for ourselves. If we went too long without seeing something Jessie recognized, we immediately turned around until we were in familiar territory again. She also set boundaries, significant features we shouldn't go past for one reason or another. Decades later, and the only one I remember is the creek. The creek itself was nothing to be concerned about. It was just a shallow stream of water that may have come up to my waist with sloped banks on either side that were sheer but not insurmountable. The first time I discovered it, I immediately headed down into the water just about ready to cross to the other side when Jesse cried out from behind me, STOP! I whirled around on one foot as gracefully as a young boy can and looked up at her. She stood staring across the creek and out into the woods on the other side. Her hands were balled into fists and kept straight at her sides, and I remember being worried that she might begin crying. I climbed back up the side of the creek, coming up beside her. What's wrong? I asked. We need to turn around. Jessie's voice was barely above a whisper. She looked terrified and slowly peeled her gaze away from the trees and onto me. We have to turn back. Reluctantly, I agreed, but only because I could see how upset the situation was making her. Like I said, the water itself wasn't that deep or rapid, and it wasn't even that far into the woods. On the walk back, I raised these points, but Jessie stayed quiet, leading me to a small clearing in the trees that we used as some sort of home base for our adventures. Sitting me down, Jessie stared into the grass for a long moment before she spoke. Two years ago, I had a friend named Emma. Her hands were balled up in her lap, shaking. We used to play in these woods like you and me do, and one day, just like you and me, we found that creek. I laughed, not because of the content of the story, but because I'd never heard someone pronounce it crick before. Her head snapped up to look at me in the eyes, and I fell quiet. Standing across from it was these three kids who looked about our age, only they weren't right. That time there was only two of them, his head just hung to the side like this. Jessie let her head flop to the left, hanging limp. Another was real tiny, and his hands and head were even littler, like tinier than a baby's. Now I'm not proud of this next part, but we weren't exactly sugar and spice to him, if you know what I mean. I shook my head. That I did not. She sighed. We would call them names, tease them, you know, because they was weird. Emma would throw sticks sometimes, but she couldn't hit water if she fell out of a boat. The story paused as Jessie smiled to herself, remembering her friend fondly. Did they ever talk back? I asked, bringing her back to reality. Nah, she said, shaking her head. Just stood there looking at us and making these weird squeaking noises. Emma and me we were calling them odd kids, because, you know... They were kids, and they sure as shit were odd. <laughs> I blushed at such intense language, but Jesse didn't notice. But no matter what we did to them, they never came across the creek. Always just stood there on the other side, staring and squeaking. Wasn't always the two, neither. They were different ones, four or five in all, I think. 
What happened to Emma? The direction the story was going was obvious and I was eager to learn. Jesse stayed quiet for a long time, staring into the ground and absently picking at the grass beneath her. So at first we were afraid, right? We were petrified. <laughs> I was thinking, I can never live without you by my side. <laughs> so, right now, visually, um, it's kind of like a read-along. Like, whatever I look at is, like, different from everything else. So I'm, like, doing, like, the read-along thing, and then you started saying other words, and I was just like, that's whoa. <laughs> oh, that's not what's on the paper. <laughs> oh, shit, that's hilarious. Um... I feel pretty good about this so far. Um, yeah. It does sound to me a little bit like a fucked up bridge to Terabithia. Yeah. Something's gonna I, happen to this girl. That's what I was thinking. I was like, Emma's gonna go across, and then, you know, Jesse's gonna see Emma as an odd kid. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. The odd kids weren't normal, and we would scare each other silly telling stories of how they eat people and, like, run around naked together, just dumb stuff. But as time went on, we got less and less scared of them. It got to the point where we'd stand right on the other side of the creek and dare them to cross over, but they never would. One day, we're sitting there, talking to ourselves, ignoring the weird-headed one like he's just another tree, and Emma said something about him being too chicken to cross. We both looked at him. And he just walked off, turned around and went deeper into the woods till eventually we couldn't see him. And I teased Emma that he was daring her to follow him, that she was a chicken if she didn't go. Can I help him? I was listening with rapt attention at this point. To my young mind, the girl's tale of terror more closely resembled a great campfire story made even better by the fact that it was allegedly took place only a brisk walk away from where I sat. Together, the two of us crossed the creek. Cause like you, she said, it ain't that big. And we climbed up on the other side and we chased after him. We went maybe a quarter mile in before we start hearing that squeaking again. Only up close, it didn't sound like squeaking anymore. It sounded like chittering. They surrounded us, faster than either of us expected, coming out of the trees like ghouls. I was frozen in fear. I couldn't move a muscle, just staring at the odd kids, wondering what was going to happen. Then one of them, the limp-headed one, he grabbed Emma, and she screamed, and just, it's, it, it all, it's like it woke me up. I tore out of there as fast as I could go, practically leaped to the creek in a single jump, and ran all the way home. My lungs on fire by the time I stopped, and I was crying all over the place. People trying to get to me, trying to get me to tell them what happened. But her voice trailed off, and I could see tears welling in her eyes. Did you? I asked. She shook her head, blinking away the tears. I felt guilty, she admitted. I felt guilty for leaving. I just kept thinking that she'd come home, that she'd be right behind me, that we'd cry about it, we'd never ever go across that damn creek again. But she didn't. Jessie shook her head again. But she didn't, she repeated. She didn't ever come back. Nobody ever went looking for her, neither, because she was just an orphan. 
I didn't say nothing, so nobody even knew to look. Staring out into the woods in the direction of the creek, Jesse's voice cracked. The odd kids got her, and I don't know what they did with her. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I tried consoling her, unsure of what to say, but Jessie wasn't paying attention to me anymore. She stood up, brushed the dirt off her denim shorts, and started walking towards town. I got up and chased after her. Wait, I cried. Where are you going? Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> Home. Home? But why? The concept seemed alien to me. It was the middle of the day. Who would want to stay indoors? I can't stay in these woods. Not today. She paused. You should go home too. We'll meet up in the morning. But, but nothing. She stopped and turned to face me. Go home. Jessie started to turn around again before something else occurred to her. Don't ever, ever go across the creek. You hear me? I nodded silently. She reached out, grabbing my shoulder, giving me a firm shake. Say it, she demanded. I, I, I promise, no going across the creek, I said timidly. She stared into my eyes, as if searching my soul for a way to ensure my sincerity. Whether she found it or not, she eventually released me and headed off, leaving me standing alone in the woods, with nothing on my hands but free time and my own thoughts. I looked back in the direction of the creek and the mystery, the mysterious wood beyond. Were there really such a thing as odd kids? I knew monsters didn't exist in Oregon, but here in Mississippi, it felt like anything could be true. Plus, Jesse had told the story with such conviction that it felt disloyal to be skeptical. I spent the rest of the day in the woods, wandering aimlessly. Part of me wanted to go back to the creek, but real or not, Jesse's story had scared the hell out of me. At one point I got just close enough that I could make out the creek through the trees, and I peered as hard as I could at the bank on the other side. I just wanted to make out a pair of eyes staring back at me, or hear that chittering Jesse had talked about. Heck, at this point I would have accepted a quick blur between the trees as concrete evidence. Despite my willingness to believe, nothing came forward to present itself. The opposite bank was devoid of life. I didn't have the gall to investigate any closer. As the sky dimmed, I reluctantly began the long walk home, unaccompanied for the first time all summer. I considered Jessie's story of the odd kids. I almost started to get a little angry with her. Of course they didn't exist. She made them up just to mess with me and threw in another girl, conveniently orphaned, to drive home the scare. I shook my head and laughed, thinking about how gullible I had been. Later at dinner, I ate with the ferocity of an animal. I hadn't realized how hungry I'd become, alone in the woods all day, thinking, and the chicken my grandmother cooked was the most delicious thing I had ever eaten. It was only on my third drumstick that I stopped long enough to ask them a question. Why were there three, <laughs> why were there three legs on this chicken, Pappy? I was wondering the same thing. Third, third drumstick. <laughs> but Pappy. 
did you guys ever hear of anyone going missing in the woods? I asked between bites, interrupting the regular mealtime silence. They looked at one another quizzically, as if searching their collective memory. No, I don't think so, my grandmother eventually said. Don't ring any bells, her husband agreed. Why do you ask? I shook my head, taking another bite to buy myself some time to think of an answer. Just something I heard some kids talking about. I told them, some jerks that were trying to scare Jesse and me by saying a girl named Emma went missing. Suddenly, my grandmother's eyes lit up with recognition. You know, I didn't hear nothing about that, but I do recall that girl being terrified of those woods. She nodded thoughtfully over a spoonful of corn. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a couple of years back that the girl came tearing out of the woods like the devil himself was on her heels, screaming and crying. I didn't nose my way into it on account of her father asking people if they would leave his daughter alone. I overheard that the girl weren't right for a couple of weeks, just sitting in a room and not talking to nobody. She clucked her tongue and took another bite of corn. Lord only knows that something happened to that girl, but it shook something fierce. Uh, I suddenly felt a sick terror in my stomach, like the feeling you get from watching a recording of yourself, only to see something terrifying looming just out of your sight, something you never knew was there. Did this mean the odd kids were real? Had they been watching me as I stepped into the creek? So you never found out what happened? I hesitantly asked, unsure if I wanted the answer. Grandma shook her head, and the three of us continued eating in silence. Grandpa brought up the baseball game he'd seen on TV earlier that day, and I feigned interest as well as I could, but I wasn't at all there. My mind was back in the woods at that creek, inspecting every square inch of my memory for a sign of something else. So, I just want to say, this is beginning, you know, to go in two directions as Red and No Sleep tends to do. Like, the realism and the, you know, scary fictional, like, monstery stuff. Is, that's the divide. The one direction I could see it going is, like, if the little girl, like, if Jess was a fucking nut, she could have killed a kid in the woods, buried the body across the street, or across the creek, and, you know, just tell people to stay away from it because she didn't know if the body was still there or, you know, yeah. what was going on. And the kid was an orphan, so it was convenient, so that means it was planned. Like, there's a, a madness yeah. to that yeah, I could that see I that. could see that developing. Um, I do think this isn't going to go in that direction, and I think we're meant to question the yeah, reality. I was I hope this goes more in like the hope, White Walker. But I hope direction. they get the kids. I hope the kids are things. A couple episodes ago, um, I read a two-parter with my friend Tenron, and uh, it was about these things called the Whistlers, which like they never talked about. But like, just imagine walking through the woods, and just like all around you at separate times, almost a human-like like. Just like different tones emanating yeah. from all around you. Yeah. Monsters and shit. So I'm hoping it goes off in that direction. Me it's too. a really solid fucking story. Sleep didn't come easy that night. And when it did, it was wrought with nightmares. Thoughts of the odd kids crawled through my mind, bringing me back to the creek. Looking deeper into the woods, 
I saw dozens of pairs of eyes staring back at me, slowly bobbing back and forth as though they were advancing toward me. My dream self was paralyzed, helpless to do anything but watch as the monsters came out of the shadows. The one Jesse had described, with his head sagging to the side, led the plotting advance. As a group of odd kids crawled down into the creek, dragging broken limbs and torn flesh behind them, each of them chittering off tempo with the others to create a horrible cacophony of noise that filled my ears and bore into my soul, staring into the hungry eyes of the limp-headed leader as he reached out to drag me down, that was a long fucking sentence. I awoke screaming. The noise still rang in my ears, and coupled with my panic, caused me to flail against my blankets as though they were trying to engulf me. I fell onto the floor with a hard thud finally coming to rest. My grandfather burst into the room and my grandfather, my grandmother was close behind him. Where am I? <laughs> he bellowed. <laughs> Are you okay? He bellowed, still full of adrenaline even though he was beginning to realize there was no threat. Embarrassed, I kicked the sheets off of me and stood up. Yeah, just a bad dream, I muttered. As I came to my senses, I realized the noise I had been hearing was the sound of cicadas filling the room, broadcasting their mating calls to the world. Laughing off their overzealous response, my grandparents led me downstairs to breakfast, which I accepted readily. That morning, I walked all the way to the woods without running into Jessie. I stood at the edge of the path looking back down the road, trying to make out her figure at all, but nobody was there. Sighing. I walked all the way back to my house, then down to the woods again. There was no sign of her. My adolescent mind filled once more with nightmarish imagery, but I did my best to stay grounded in reality. She was the last person who would have gone across the creek, and if the odd kids ever ventured out of the woods, surely people around town would talk about them, right? Armed with these rationalizations, I decided to head out to our favorite clearing and wait for her. She wasn't there when I arrived. Part of me had expected her to be waiting in the grass, ready to laugh in my face when she learned how I walked up and down the path two more times before thinking to check our spot. And as an hour slowly ticked by, I began to wonder if something really bad had happened to her. But if something had, what was I going to do about it? I had no idea where she lived, and she was the only kid I knew in this area. Almost unconsciously, I began to head towards the creek. I had only promised I wouldn't cross it after all, and if she was so concerned about my whereabouts, she should have let me know where she was going to be. Besides, if she had been able to outpace the odd kids when they were right beside her, I would be able to get away long before they got close. My legs were filled with a giddy, nervous energy as I kept walking, sometimes at a quick pace and others at barely a shuffle. Once the creek itself was in view, I began to move from tree to tree, using them like cover from whatever might lurk on the other side of the creek. I inched closer, cautious to not disturb even a single twig in my approach. I do have a kind of a question. Yeah. More of a comment. Yeah. How does he not know where she lives? If it's literally the only person you know in town, wouldn't you take the, like, the half a second to ask... Oh, hey, you know, I'm visiting my grandparents. Where do you live? Can I come to your house? Yeah, like, you know, what, yeah. what's going on? Hey, nice to meet you. And wouldn't you think, like, a, like welcoming a new kid to the area, you wouldn't, like, show him around? 
you know? Exactly. If not your house, then, like, the area. Yeah, is. like, here's Main Street. So oh, I what, live in that So direction. what we got right now is, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Jesse. I'm around. These are my favorite woods. Yeah. It's a little... Yeah. It's a little uh, creepy there. I wonder if Jesse has any parents. I wonder if Jesse's an odd kid. <sighs> Finally, I was only a few yards from... Did I read that? Nope. I kind of finally, finally, I was only about a few yards from the near bank of the creek. I crouched down and quietly got to my hands and knees, closing the last stretch on all fours and keeping a close watch on the trees ahead of me. I hissed out Jesse's name in a low voice, straining my ears into the woods to catch anything of interest, but nothing happened. It was just another ordinary day, and I was just some weird little boy whispering into the forest. <laughs> Sounds like me. Yeah. (laughs) I was just about to turn around when a brief flash of movement caught my eye. I haven't noticed it before because I was scanning the ground, but turning my eyes up, I saw a silhouette of something I couldn't quite make out. It swayed gently in the breeze as though it was suspended from the branches. The leaves broke up the distant form, which must have been several dozens of feet away, and I immediately forgot my promise to Jesse. I had to know what that thing was. Just as I was about to swing my legs down the bank of the creek, a call startled me to my feet in an instant. What are you doing? Jessie was standing a ways behind me, clinging onto a tree as though she might fall without its support. How convenient. Though her tone was one of anger, her face was ghost white. She beckoned me towards her, clearly unwilling to go closer to the creek than she was. I twisted my body around, raising an arm to point at the thing I had seen in the treetops, but I just couldn't relocate it. I... I saw something, I said, scanning the leaves for the swaying form. If I was the narrator at this point, and Jesse comes, what are you doing? The fuck do you mean, what am I doing? What are you doing? Like, you're always here, you're always there, you're... You know, you tell me this story, then you disappear all day, then the next day I can't find Tracy. What the fuck did you think I was gonna do? And with any luck, it didn't see you. She hissed, stamping her foot in the dirt. I shook my head, my boyish curiosity trumping her obvious fear. Don't be such a scaredy cat, I said, crouching down to see if I couldn't find the figure in the branches. Briefly, I wondered if it had moved, but that seemed impossible. Whatever it was, it wasn't animate. I'm going across. No! Jessie screamed, lunging toward me. I was already startled by her cry, and mid-turn she collided into me at full force, sending us both tumbling down the bank and into the creek. We yelled and flailed as we fell, both of us landing on my back. The muddy water babbled over us, and I scooted away, pulling myself onto the far bank of the creek. Jessie followed more out of a desire to get out of the water than anything. Nice going, I said sarcastically. The water had actually a little refreshing in the summertime heat, but we knew that before long we'd be drowning in humidity, our damp clothes suffocating, what little comfort sweating brought. I crawled up onto the opposite side of the creek once again, raising raising my eyes to the branches to find what I'd seen. Please, please can we go? Jessie was at my side, clutching my arm, despite the fact that I was a good half a foot shorter than she was. We really need to go, please. Come on, just a little bit further, wonder and excitement had overtaken all other emotions in my mind. Before, 
When the creek was just a memory, it was easy to picture a world of monsters lurking just across the way. Now that I was here, in the light of day, I felt empowered. I could see that there weren't monsters, so obviously I was safe. I'm lucky to be alive. I like that little tag in there. Tugging Jesse forward, I walked to the spot where I had seen the thing hanging from the trees. But now it was nowhere to be found. From where I was standing, I could still make out the creek. I tried to imagine myself crouched low on the other side, looking up into the branches. The wind blew lazily through the leaves, shaking them this way and that. But nothing unnatural hung from the canopy. I saw something right here, I said aloud, justifying my persistence to Jessie. I did feel bad for dragging her somewhere she obviously didn't want to be. And if I thought I had something to show for it, maybe she would have understood. Instead, I was here, staring into the trees like an idiot, with a terrified girl clinging to my side. Her eyes darted back and forth across the tree line, as if waiting for something to suddenly appear and attack us. I know what I would be doing in this situation. Which is? Trying to use this girl's fear to, you know, get into her panties. <laughs> you scared to take off your clothes. <laughs> yeah. You'll get more. <laughs> it's like, I'll, I'll show you what I'll protect you with. Unwilling to leave empty-handed, I coaxed us slowly forward, and we pressed on. Is it your cut? <laughs> Is that what you protect you? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe me, too. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like the two of us together could do some real damage. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> skinny white boy standing in between, we just, like, run at him. Oh, he's flat as a pancake. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Okay, I have no idea where I was right now. Just start um, from the top. Uh, unwilling to leave empty-handed, I coaxed us slowly forward. As we pressed on, the woods around us seemed to get quieter, as if we were entering some sort of dead zone in the forest, a place where even the birds and the critters refused to go. Jessie's nails dug into my arm, but she stayed right by my side, no longer making any noise except a small whimper with every exhalation. Another five or ten minutes of walking, we came across a rocky outcropping jutting out of the ground and a small hole leading down. Intrigued as I was by the promise of more adventure, something else caught our attention. A strange doll laid propped against the mouth of the cave, facing us. Great! <laughs> That's exactly what I want to say in the, in the, no, the, by the cave. Fucking perfect. It's elongated, foreheaded, drooped slightly over its face, making the upper side of its head concave. Its eyes were small and beady and black, shining in the midday sun, and the trufts of hair had been placed in its scalp in a disorganized manner. It was garbed only in small down denim overalls covering grungy cloth skin. Before I could even draw breath to comment on it, Jessie was fiercely tugging me away. That's it. That's one of them. She practically screaming, raw terror coming through her voice. But her reaction was scaring me more than the object itself. That was an odd kid? An oversized doll? Calm down, I said, 
tugging back at her. It can't be. Look at it. It's not breathing. It's just a doll. Wrenching my arm out of her grip, Jessie fell face first in the dirt, but was on her feet a second later. I heard her starting to run and turned to tell her that she didn't have to get any closer if she was that scared that I would go examine it alone. As I stared in her direction, however, my voice caught in my throat. Standing where Jessie and I had been only 20 seconds ago was another doll. Only this one was different. It was cleaner and more well-made, as if whoever made this one by the cave had learned from their mistakes. This girl doll was standing behind a tree, watching us with those same black eyes, short brown matted with dirt, and clumped to her head haphazardly. A tattered red dress clung desperately to her right shoulder, and beneath it, the cloth skin looked much cleaner than the others, much more real. Before I could say a word, Jessie broke the silence. I expected her to shriek, but instead, what came out of her mouth was barely above a whisper. Emma? The doll took a step forward, and my terror levels shot up to their limits. I glanced backwards to see the other doll was pulling itself to its feet, awkwardly shambling towards us. I don't know. Do you want to talk about that? That's fucking nuts. Yeah. I love uh, My mind immediately goes to uh, Blair Witch, the most recent one. Okay. Um, it has this kind of quality to it, and I really, I really like it. Any doubt I had in Jesse's story evaporated in an instant. The odd kids were real. They were right in front of me. Without another moment's hesitation, I grabbed Jesse's wrists, suddenly becoming the one desperate to get us out. Come on, come on, let's go! I yelled at her, but she didn't even seem to hear me. She instead began to walk towards the girl doll, towards Emma. I gasped, though I couldn't see how that could ever have been Jesse's friend. I kept pulling on her arm, even as the thing behind her got closer. Jessie was focused exclusively on the other girl, blocking out the whole rest of the world. The doll reached out to Jessie, and she raised her own hand out as well. Jess, I began to say, but I was interrupted by a heavy object falling directly onto my best friend, sending her crumpling into the dirt. Shit. On top of her was a small, human-like figure, with the head and hands proportionally much smaller than they should have been. I like how he notices the hands. Just like immediately like like uh, Donald Trump hands. Little hands, little baby hands. <laughs> I'm doing a little baby hand thing right now. Finally observing one up close, I realized their skin wasn't just dirty cloth. It was rotten, molted flesh. Great. I scrambled backwards as the little creature gripped Jessie by the hair, tugging her hair up painfully. Jessie screamed and clawed at the ground, trying to shove the thing off her, but the creature that she'd called Emma sagged to its knees, clamped a hand over her mouth, and then turned her head to look at me. Energy surged to my legs, and I shot upright. 
I was in full panic mood, operating on a primal instinct to flee. But just as I started to run, I collided with a solid force that knocked me back down to the ground. Another one of those things stood before me, his head flopping awkwardly to the left, just as Jesse had demonstrated. The one I had seen, slumped by the cave, came into my view, holding a large rock in its hands. Before I could roll out of the way, the weight came down on my head, sending a splitting pain through my skull. My vision went white, and a deafening ring filled my ears, but I stayed conscious throughout. I could faintly feel things tugging at me, pulling me across the ground as I struggled just to regain my senses. The blinding white slowly faded into an impenetrable black, and the ringing dulled to a formless shuffling of the odd kid's strange chittering echoes off the walls of the cave. I did my best to stay limp as I was dragged across the rough stone, tearing into my shirt, cutting into my flesh. I'm certain I whimpered in pain, but the odd kids didn't seem to react, hauling me farther into their lair. Eventually, the motion came to an end. I was propped against a rough stone wall, and even in the darkness, I could tell that one of them was just in front of my face, quietly muttering to itself in those strange, arrhythmic noises. Its coarse fingers grabbed my hands and began stretching a strong, thin fabric around my wrists, binding them together. It wrapped for what felt like ages until it finally seemed satisfied that my hands weren't going to go anywhere, then moved onto my ankles to do the same thing. Once that was done, the thing shuffled away, and the noise of its movements getting gradually fainter before disappearing altogether. Meaning to breathe a sigh of relief, I instead let out a choked sob. I finally letting myself express the terror that I'd felt through the entire ordeal. I'm not ashamed to admit that I sat in the cave and cried, certain I'd never see my parents or grandparents ever again. <laughs> so I just wanted to tell you, and I want to tell the podcast, that I'm tripping my fucking face right now. Ooh, yeah, you're like... I'm seeing colors and just weird huh, shit. Yeah. I hope, I hope, are you... Um, experiencing similar? Well, I'm I'm actually watching, like, so I'm staring at the screen, trying to, like, focus on the words. <laughs> Everything outside the screen is rotating. <laughs> uh, I need to cover that up. I'm not sure if you caught on to that. I did. I'm tracking. Yeah, yeah. It fucked with my vision for a little bit, and I was like, all right, enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm cool with the time. Yeah. I'm cool with the time. Uh, do, um, you want, do, you, do you want another one? Absolutely not. Okay. I'm at my I'm at peak. Okay, I'm gonna grab another one. <laughs> Fuck if you're doing another one, I need to do another one. <laughs> Peer pressure. <laughs> there, there are plenty more. We're very close to finishing this story. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little, little small one. You can have your, your choice. I say the little small one, but you know, there, are, as there I, are two the heads more, to I this. I feel like the more I talk about it, the more sober I get, you know? Yeah. That's, that's usually how it goes. Yeah, it's like wearing off now. Yeah. Anyway, it's weird how a high kind of comes in and out like that. Yeah, like when you have something to it focus on. It might have been on. the screen. It might have been the story. Yeah. Uh, this story is phenomenal. I'd say that's about it, because I don't have any heads. Okay. Yeah. Is that reasonable? Mm-hmm. Doing drugs. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
Only when I heard more movement coming my way did I make any effort to quiet myself. I did my best to control my breathing, sucking in breaths through shuddering gasps and letting them out slowly through my nose. I tried to picture what the noises were. Slowly, I put together that someone else had been dragged down the same rough path I had been. They were bringing Jesse back here, too. For a brief moment, I felt hope. As selfish as it is to admit, at the very least, I took comfort in knowing that I wouldn't have to suffer alone. Part of me even entertained the notion that perhaps together, Jesse and I could escape this cave and never, ever come back to these awful woods ever again. Of course, the reality of this plan had many obstacles. The cave was utterly dark, something that didn't seem to affect the odd kids one bit. For all I knew, there was one sitting in the room with me, silently watching and waiting for me to make a move so it could just pounce on me again and finish the job. On top of that, they easily outnumbered us. The odds were stacked against us in every conceivable way. Jessie noisily entered the room in which I was kept, and her muffled screaming gave me a sense of the dimensions of the room. It seemed smaller than I expected, likely only a little bigger than my own bedroom. Still, it was plenty big for storing the two of us. Just as I was wondering if they would leave Jessie and me alone together, the room was filled with a soft blue luminescence. One of the odd kids, I couldn't tell which, with their back turned to me, was brushing their fingers against a strange kind of moss on the far wall, and the agitation sparked a chain reaction across the entire plant. Tendrils of blue light arced over the wall in a brilliant pattern, the illumination branching off itself like a snowflake before finally filling in, covering the cave wall in the most beautiful display I'd ever seen. Sounds like this kid's on shrooms. <laughs> Wow, this cave. And there, in front of the glowing moss, was Jessie. She had been laid out on an obviously man-made dirt platform, and her struggles stilled as puffs of spores from the glowing moss fell onto her. The odd kid stood over her, observing for a moment before bending forward over her. I'm not sure if he did it on purpose or not, but the, you know, he said it's an obviously man-made dirt platform. So he's yeah. still referring to these odd kids as men, they're they're human people. And again, I'm not sure if I'm just picking that up because I'm tripping, but like, if I saw this, this type of beast, I wouldn't be calling it a human. I'd be calling okay. it a beast. Yeah, but I mean, you gotta remember he's he's young. And he's trying to rationalize things. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd I'd probably just yeah I'd probably call them it. Yeah. Or they, you know. In my life, I had never heard the sound of flesh tearing. But the very first time was unmistakable. I jerked at the noise, as if it had been my own skin, and my heart beat so fast I worried that it would give me away. I screwed my eyes shut and just listened as the odd kid did God knows what to my helpless friend only a few feet from my face. Mustering up what courage I could, I began to work the bonds around my wrists against a jagged rock, working just slow enough to not make too much noise. The ripping noise soon gave way to gurgles and wet squishing, but I didn't allow myself to picture it. Instead, I thought about my grandparents, about seeing their warm smiles one more time. I thought about the airplane that would take me out of Mississippi, and I thought of every excuse I would ever use for the rest of my life to keep from getting on another plane. I had to survive this, I had to. 
Sure enough, the ropes came free with eff uh, enough effort. Once they were weak enough, I managed to pull them apart with brute strength. The fibers tearing away from each... You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh... Let me finish. I'm a, Just let me yeah. finish chewing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I feel like Jeff Goldblum. I'm, I'm getting absorbed into the computer screen right now. Just like and nothing else it matters. It has a but weird power. Yeah. It has a weird power right now. It does. All right. Once they were weak enough, I managed to pull them apart with brute strength, the fibers tearing away from each other with a soft sound, something that was almost ple pleasing contrasted against the disturbing noises coming from across the room. I groped around in the near dark, my fingers moving from rock to rock until I found something loose enough and big enough that I felt comfortable with it. I now stared directly at the odd kid, its back still turned as it performed its macabre ritual on my friend. Jesus. Sawing the rock across the ropes around my ankles, I worked my nerve up to what I was going to have to do next. Armed with a rock, I was going to attack the odd kid, knocking them out with one good blow. Fair play, I thought to myself. Next, I would grab Jessie and hoist her over my shoulder. She was taller than me, sure, but I wasn't a weak kid. After that, we would sneak out of the cave somehow, then sprint back to my grandparents' house and be safe. The wraps uh, across I don't think my... it's going to go that <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, I don't think it's going to go that well at all. That's yeah. the Hollywood version of yeah. it. Like, come on. The wraps across my ankles fell away, and I slowly stretched my legs out before getting them underneath me. The odd kid was still oblivious to me, and part of me hated that. Here I was about to bash it in its skull with a rock and it didn't even consider me enough of a threat to turn around and check on me. Hey, I whispered. The rock clutched tight in my fist as I held it out to the side behind my head. The odd kid finally swiveled around and I stared into its soulless black eyes one last time before bringing the weapon across. This kid's got something. Yeah. <laughs> this kid's like a sociopath. Uh, the sensation he was is now. <laughs> the sensation was nothing like I expected. Instead of a solid blow and resonating crack, my hand squelched through its blotchy skin with little resistance. I stood there, stunned and staring into its remaining eye as its face hung loosely around my wrist. Soft scratches made their way across my hand and I jerked it back, the force of my fist pulling out of its head, tearing another gouge through the skin. That was not skin. Looking down at my hand, I saw the single most horrific thing I have ever seen in my life. Instead of brains, blood, and gore covering my hand, they were bugs. Holy shit. Centipedes, spiders, ants, and more, too numerous to count, swarmed. Over my skin, the bag of flesh before me slumped to its knees before keeling over its occupants, surging out of the hole in its neck. It's like a... Oogie Boogie. It's yeah, Oogie, yeah. It's Oogie Boogie's kids. The odd kids. Yeah. Uh, that's how I rationalized it, at least. Um, well, the, all I could think about was the story I told earlier about the, the ant infestation in the car. Yeah. Isn't that a, Yeah, I was just like, Isn't that you know, bring it right around. Oh, I lost it. I screamed at the top of my lungs and beat my arm against the wall of the cave. Shh. That says that, right? Schluffing. Schluffing yeah. off the vermin in sheets. Through the chaos, I called out Jessie's name, forgetting at the time that I had already expected her to be unconscious at best. Her head tilted to the side, and she raised herself up onto her elbows, staring at me. 
My heart swelled, thinking for a moment that if nothing else, at least we would get out of this alive. When the azure glow of the moss reflected off Jesse's all-black eyes, I ran. Through the darkness, I ran. Heedless of the frantic chittering that echoed off the stone all around me, I ran into every single twist and turn in those tight tunnels, still struggling to scrape off all the bugs of my arm. With every passing moment, I expected to feel the odd kid's hands wrap around my legs, drag me back to that room, and do to me what they'd done to Jesse, turn me into one of them. Finally, I saw a thin shaft of light at the end of the darkness. I scrambled out of the cave and into the open woods, and full moon giving me plenty of illumination to find my way. Through the entire sprint, I tore at the flesh of my arm with my fingernails, scraping off the remains of the odd kid as they wriggled and crawled across me. The entire run is almost a blur now. I didn't stop once, didn't even peek behind me for fear of seeing those things one more time. When I burst into my grandparents' house, the two of them were both awake, sitting up in the living room waiting for me. I must have told a tale with a single look. Because their stern expressions melted upon seeing my eyes. And they stayed up with me the rest of the night, sitting on the couch, wrapped in a blanket. I just stared out the window at a dusty road that led from the house, praying that I wouldn't see Jesse walking down it. The next day, after I'd slept and eaten, my grandparents tried to coax me tried to coax out of me what had happened. I didn't know what to tell them. Eventually, I told them I'd just fallen asleep in the woods and had a nightmare. Freaked myself out, ran home crying. They hugged me and laughed gently. And my grandpa said I should call ahead. I'm sorry, the, the words are like dancing. <laughs> it's okay. I definitely know what you meant, but... Uh, they hugged me and laughed gently, and my grandpa said I should call ahead next time. I'm just going to worry them half to death. I smiled, and Jesse's face appeared in my mind's eye. I didn't let myself... Oh, shit. I don't know how you work this goddamn computer either. I, like, tried to scroll down, but yeah. Okay, okay. Did you get it? Yeah. Sorry. That's, it's okay, uh... Mushroom, where am I? Uh, I kind of had to get things together. So you read uh, that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't let myself be alone for the rest of the vacation. Uh, this meant staying indoors, for the most part, uh, something I was more than fine with. When word got out that Jesse hadn't been home in a few days and people started searching, my grandparents asked if I knew anything about it. I wanted to tell them about the odd kids, I should have said something. I know that now. But like the scared child I was, I just said I didn't, and they left it at that. Three weeks later, I got on a plane and went home. And for the first time since the cave, I felt like I could breathe again. I no longer had the threat of the odd kids looming over me, just waiting for a moment's lapse and readiness so they could pounce. I'd like to say I don't know what happened to Jessie, that her fate remains a mystery, but that would be the coward's way out. Jessie died because of me, because of my hubris, my curiosity, and my stupid thirst for adventure. Jessie lost her life. This is something I think about every day, even some 30 years later, 
and it just hurts just as much as the first time I realized it. Thousands of miles and a couple of decades now lay between me and the worst summer of my life. But it isn't perspective that's prompted me to finally write out the fate. My daughter, Maggie, getting excited about collecting bugs and as uneasy as it may make me, I'm not the kind to stop her. What really unsettles me about it is how the bugs act. Every time she brings one in her little jars, the bugs inside watch me. I know how crazy this sounds. I know bugs don't see like you and I, but it's like they want me to know that they know I'm there. I went into my daughter's room a few days ago when she was at school. I picked up her ant farm to see what would happen. I expected them to freeze, to turn and look at me, but instead they went into a frenzy. Every last ant swarmed the side of the container, crawling over each other and climbing against the plastic that separated them from my right hand. The hand the bugs were on for minutes as I stumbled blindly through the cave, frantically clawing them off. I watched, horrified, as the ants literally tore each other apart to be the closest one to my hand. What did the odd kids do to me? That's the end. Holy shit. That's creepy. What did the odd kids do to me? I think they just made her become aware that bugs are fucking creepy when you really think about them. Yeah. I think they... Yeah, they... they, Like, there's so much unexplained about, like, uh, what is it, like, uh, grave mines and shit? Like... Yeah. How the how the ant subsystems are just how ant, insect subsystems work mm-hmm. like um, like the communication without communication yeah they've been keeping this this fucking planet alive longer than we have like mm-hmm. yeah they're gonna they're gonna keep doing their thing something's been going yeah they they figured something out and they put something in him so yeah let's talk about this fucking story man let's just let's bring it let's bring it in let's bring it home. It's pretty fucking <laughs> well, I, First thing I want to talk about is the same doing with my glasses. I'm like, they're, you're they're, like a sexy librarian. Yeah, like, they're on the arch of my nose, but it's because it's changing the perspective. And you're just like, with yourself. Yeah, I'm fucking with myself real good. It's great. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is how reading the story was. Because it may sound like we knew what we were reading, but we didn't know what we were reading. Yeah. And. The words were doing weird things on the screen. <laughs> yeah, they were. I'm, like, I'm sure if we did this again, like, not on mushrooms, it would come out Listening to different. this is going to be hilarious. That is, oh, man, I can't wait. Oh, because, like, we had to have said things weirdly, and it just made... Yeah. I don't just, fucking know. I don't even know how to rationalize it, but mushrooms are fucking nuts, and I love it. Yeah. And I love it, man. Uh, I saw so much weird shit going on in the room yeah. while we were reading, and then reading, like... Yeah, like, you have to stay focused. There was stuff focused. going on the screen as I was reading the story, and I was yeah. like... I was like, am I talking? Is something talking for me? There's so much shit going on right yeah. now. What well, The first thing I noticed was... Whatever I focused on was slightly off color 
from like everything else. So it was literally it like you know with color with me. Yeah, like one of those like you know sing along like Disney movies where like they <laughs> the they highlight ball. the word. Yeah, the bouncing <laughs> ball. But like it was highlighting the words as you were saying them. Holy shit, that's but, another level. Yeah. So I feel <laughs> we need to bring it back to the story. We can't oh, just yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, how the high story. we are. The story. Okay, so. Crazy I know the, I know the mushrooms did something to make this story so great. Yeah. It had to have. Well, but the story was also pretty fucking cool. Yeah. You had imagine, two other people say it was Imagine you know, these doll-sized children, but they weren't dolls and the closer you get to them, you realize that they're not fucking dolls. Yeah, like and that their, flesh. their skin is like it's almost like the walking dead, but it's not. It's yeah. not. Saying that they are composed of dead flesh and hair doesn't necessarily mean they're dying. It's well, just when they were something so off about that, though. Yeah, when they were in the cave, the way he was describing it about Jesse, he was tearing the flesh off of the body. So yeah. it seems to me like what the odd ones, uh, the odd kids do, is they take the flesh, dispose of the body, and then use the flesh just like as. A yeah, as a puppet. That is like, it's like Jeepers Creepers. That shit is awesome. Yeah. That shit is awesome. You've seen Jeepers Creepers. I have seen Jeepers Creepers. I've seen one and two. I think they made a third. They're making a third one. Okay, uh, yeah. No one wants to talk about it because the director is a pedophile. Yeah. Or he liked child porn. Something. So, whatever. Mind my own business. Yeah. Political, life. whatever, yeah. I'm going to see the movie when it comes out. I'm going to watch the movie. I I like trilogies, and I always liked The Creeper as a monster. It's very um, Lovecraftian. But there's just something so fucked up about preserving dead bodies and, like, using their organs, using their body parts, like The Creeper does that. Um, But, like, the way that these odd kids... Use and reuse... Use and reuse, yeah. New new children needing to learn more children. How nuts is that? It's pretty fucking nuts. Yeah. I wonder if they're ever going to go back for the narrator. That's kind of like, uh, obviously... He definitely seemed haunted by it. Yeah. Well, with the ant farm, like, obviously, they know that they want that skin. Mm, That's, yeah. The bugs... No, like, there is... So, um, how much do you know about ants? Like any other stupid fuck on the street. Cool. I'm going to give a little ant uh, lesson for all of you out there. Fantastic. When an ant dies, it uh, secretes a smell, like an odor. Uh, Obviously, we don't smell it, but it warns other ants not to come in this direction. Okay. So, like... Morning system. Yeah, if you you ever see, like, just a singleton ant by itself, like an exploratory ant, it's in your kitchen, kill it. And just leave it there mm. for like a day. Mm. You know, nothing too unsanitary. Obviously, if it's in like cooking supplies, you want to clean that immediately. But if it's in a spot where you can leave it, do that because that warns other ants not to come around. Mm. So they did the same thing but opposite. Mm-hmm. They put some type of scent inside of him attracting the ants to that. Like, you know, I thought of it more like because he described it as such a he mentioned centipedes and beetles and all this other shit. Like, um, I I really did picture Oogie Boogie, you know, the burlap. Yes. But instead of burlap, it's human flesh. Yeah. Um, you know, when Jack just rips that shit off and there's still a mass there. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what he said when he when he crushed the head. 
it had like, kind of amorphous quality. Yeah. Just, like, holding its and face. And he, and like, it's... brought it out, and it still kept, like, ripping apart. I was visualizing that it, whole so, thing. So, yeah, it's it's crazy to think about. Is it a... Is it a mass? Does it have a center? I think it's a hive mind. Is it... But it... Mm. Or not... But not even, like, a hive mind. More like a primal... Instinct. So it's not a being. No, I don't think so. I think you it's think an it's instinct. an insect. You think it's an insect, like an app. An yeah, like like an all evolved form of insect. Not even evolved. Primal. Hmm. Like all in, insects have this. Yeah, I mean they draw uh, what is like it, uh, in their blood. Is it Last of Us? Last of Us, the the Sony game. Um, I have not played. I actually am. I just got a PS4, um, and that's on my list. Fantastic. Uh, they based the clickers off of something that actually happens to empire ants. There's like a strain of disease. It's like a fungi. <laughs> it's like a fungi. <laughs> um, it's like a mushroom that clings to the dead ants like face and like uses it, uses the ants body as its fucking source. Yeah. And it walks around and it impersonates other ants and it spreads the disease and it gets these little things and it's all reporting to just like a hive mind fungi. That's that's fucking creepy. And that's Isn't real that world here? shit. And that's real world oh, shit. Oh, that's fucking creepy. So like what the Last of Us creators said, and I think they're on record as saying this, I'm I'm not I'm trying not to exaggerate, is if that strain was able to jump from insects to mammals to humans, that's what they ran with. For Last of Us. Okay. They were saying that it has spread and like Yeah. And that's what the disease is in Last of Us. It's this hive mind fungus that just uses the body to serve its, you know, ant purpose. But yeah, that's kind of what I thought about when we were reading the story. I was like, if this is a hive mind, then like what's the point? And it's just like get more kids. Yeah. Fill the world spread. with odd kids. Yeah. yeah. Spread, spread. You know, same as us. We, our goal is to reproduce. Yeah. Which is, but bugs, man. I already don't like bugs, and now it's just like bad yeah. bugs. Thinking that they're all conspiring against me. And say bugs, fucking bugs. Shit, man. Mm. So, how do you feel? How do you feel now? How do you feel about the episode? Uh, I, I It was an awesome story. We talked prior to the episode starting if we were going to jump around story to story or if we were going to go with one longer one. I'm very glad we went with one longer one because it was very hard to, like, jump around, like, even from paragraph to paragraph. I don't know if we would have lasted if it was in between stories. Exactly. Like, I, I had something to yeah, latch on to. let's save those for another time when we're not tripping face. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to let go of reality for a few hours. It's fantastic. Yeah. I got to say that this is the most vivid I've ever had. <laughs> I've ever had mushrooms, and I love saying that, because yeah. each new time is like a great new time. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's lots of pasta. I hope huh? I hope you guys fucking church face while you were doing this episode, I, while you were listening to this. I hope for their sake that they did as well. Yeah.